Becky, do you know, you know how I'm always talking about my favorite podcasts or if I'm recommending a podcast that often I will drop Cinephile Hissy Fit. Right. I mean, you've heard yes. me say it a million times I, I, because I'm a movie million. junkie. Yeah. I, and I, I'm a fan. I talk about how I'm a fan of their show and different episodes that have drawn my attention. After them being a part of this, I just found out that they are or just finished recording their 100th episode. Wow. 100 episodes cool. after 72 and me wanting and I, I, they started after us and I wanted 100 as that milestone what an unbelievable milestone. And I think maybe we should take a second and just say congratulations, guys. Will, Don, you guys have created an incredible show that we are fans of first and foremost, but also inspired by 100 episodes is an incredible milestone. And we're, I mean, BBX, Brevity Box is a huge fan. We're glad to be in the same network as you guys but what a what an accomplishment guys well done incredible work and I, I know becky feels the same Yay. way becky happy 100 I mean, that's, that's so cool that's such a milestone you guys should be really you, really proud you think you're gonna make it to 100 you're, you're still gonna be with me you're not gonna leave before 100. we need to get to 100 now like we need to we can't let them be the only ones that's a huge <laughs> deal it's on my list no that's really great congrats guys you should be proud now congratulations guys Big, big props. Congratulations, Don. Congratulations, Will, on your 100 episodes of Cinephile Hissy Fit. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, this is John Bernardi from uh, Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, and I have been listening to you guys for the whole time. And I can't say that about a lot of shows, honestly. And it's like, how many shows can even make it that far? And then you do it weekly. You guys are workhorses and you keep it fun too. Like I, um, I feel like I learn a lot about film and, you know, I mean, every once in a while, a little bit about Star Trek, but you know, I, I already knew about Star Trek, but the movies I needed help with. And you guys have this way of just being, um, you know, it's like you, you wear your hearts on your sleeves, but you're really smart about everything, too. And um, I just really appreciate how you guys are not pedantic about things. And you um, you definitely appreciate film, but you don't, you know, make it film. <laughs> you know, like I, um, I, I just appreciate your approach so much. And, um, you know, I, I thanks so much for all the work that you've been putting into this show and you know to do it weekly oh my god uh anyway love you guys and um you know here's to here's to 400 more how about that <laughs> yeah, see you in a little bit bye hello this is game agent et and the six button samurai from oh god it hurts and we'd like to congratulate our friends, Will and Dawn, at Cinephile Hissy Fit on their 100th episode. 100 episodes? We're bi-weekly, man. We're never going to reach that many. Yeah, we can. Just give us about, you know, five, ten years or so, maybe. Something like that. At any rate, you should definitely check out their show, ours, and all the other fine programs right here on the Ruminations Radio Network. Hey, kids. It's Mitch from the Ruminations Radio Network. Welcome to the show. 
I'm popping up to send my congratulations to Don and Will on the big 100th show. It's been a joy to shout along with your cinephile fits these last 100 episodes, and it's a huge milestone, and I'm proud to work with such professionals. If, by some chance, you're listening to this and it's your first CHF episode, you are in for a treat. Go back and check out the catalog and stop by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Check out some of the other great shows and hosts. Thanks, guys. Here's to the next 100. love the earnestness i'm a true blue hero kind of guy fuck anti-heroes i mean not my first cronenberg on the list but uh my first cronenberg we've talked about today and that is yeah but most people that's a top 10 top five kind of thing it's not for me but uh it's i'll look at the 22 things in front of it and i wouldn't trade a spot so understand why people thought this was a true story or this was like documentary film footage it's it's just so grimy and real and it's just it's it influenced horror so much 89 you'll appreciate this because i know you love it michael keaton is my batman now in the national library of congress for you know uh important film so uh, it's a mixture of favorite and uh, important. Bizarrely, I, when I made this list, I was kind of surprised that I only have two David Lynch films on here. Welcome to the Cinephile His of It podcast, brought to you by the Ruminations Radio Network, sponsored by Film Obsessive. This is the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I am William Johnson. Ooh, super smooth today, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we're damn glad to have you. This is all for tantrum's sake. We're share passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. No matter what, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off in the hissy fit is on ladies and gentlemen. This is our 100th episode. Yes. And we've got something this big. We, we've got something special for you. So Will and I kind of, we were, we were mulling ideas of what to do for 100. And uh, Will said, well, let's do our top 100s of all time. And I'm like, well, shit. I haven't really sat down <laughs> about what that could be for about five years where i did uh i did an experiment with friend of the friend of the show uh aaron white on the feeling film podcast where he showed me the pub meeple ranking engine where you you put a bunch of data in and it will do uh choice number one versus choice number two and they just make you choose and by the time you do all the permutations of that which could get to the thousand level it'll put the things in order of what you've ranked it as you've gone with all the different matchups so i kind of presented that to will like hey put take a bunch of your movies that you love whether it's letterbox or whatnot put it into this engine and give it a try and i've done it before and you did it for your first time here right oh my god it was so for those who don't know how pub people works, essentially it's it's kind of like a literal mathematic slash science proof of your your taste in things because it'll have yeah. you go up one on one with everything. So for example, now it's not a perfect science because there's plenty of movies that I that I love that are not five mm-hmm. stars. But for this for the yeah. sake of this experiment, I put 263 five star films on Letterboxd. Wow into pub meeple and what that did is it gave me about i think 1900 scenarios uh-huh. where it would be like okay do you like halloween or scream better then it makes you pick mm-hmm. which is really hard oh, but what it I does what, what it does is it'll 
rank everything for you based on how you rank versus other things. And that's why it takes mm-hmm. so many choices. Yeah. Now, end yeah. result, though, reasonably pretty solid. Am I right? I would say that in the end, uh, this is a pretty solid roadmap of the movies yeah. that uh, made me, because th- there's a lot of movies on my top 100 list that were movies I watched as a kid that influenced me. And then there's yes. a couple that are more recent, you know, because sure. uh, Letterbox, you know, I've become a little bit of a different kind of film critic. You know, I take things a little yeah. bit more seriously and stuff like that. So I think it's a pretty good blend. I think as you were telling me offline, I mean, I don't think we're going to have a lot of cult classics on this thing. This is a lot of very popular movies. I don't know. It depends on like what we've kind of held dear. Cause like, you know me, I'm a, I'm a favorites and best separator kind of guy. So I'll tell you right now, like there are very few bests on this list. I have some trashy shitty movies on this list that I just Mm. loved where they, I just put pure favorites in, you know, stuff from the DVD wall. Stuff that 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 I've always had, you know, big favorites. There are plenty of things that aren't five stars here. I I just put stuff I love, and it's all favorites right here. See, mine is a mixture of those because yeah. I have I have films in here that are five stars that I truly feel are five stars, and then I have that are to me best movies. But then I also yeah. have a hundred. I have ones in here that to me are five to me, and I know that they're just five to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it is kind of difficult, and and you're gonna find some variations. I mean, I, I went through my list, and I remember, you know, somewhere in the '60s, I was like, well, I actually do like '61 better than '59, but you know, according to the math, so it's yeah. not a perfect science. But for the sake no. of this experiment, when I look mm-hmm. at the results, I was like, this does sum up my, you know, this does sum up kind of my current taste and what yeah. informed my my movie watching as a kid. So right. And I, I gotta say, like I did this five years ago and I added new films since where I tried to do that sort of thing. And I, it was fun for me to see how things have shifted. Like what won battles this time that didn't win battles last time. And mm-hmm. then the other thing was, um, what else surprised me was, uh, just how deep this is. Like I put 400 movies in wow. and sat on this thing for a while. Now, as I went doing it, there's a way you can kind of like remove this film from the rankings like as i'm going i'm like okay this thing's never gonna have a chance let me clear it out so by the time i did the battles i was down to at the end when they finally finished ranking um 178 so i shaved off over half the field as i kind of chopped which saved me some permutations but but save me some permutations but i have a rock solid 100 where like i look at 100 through 125 and i'm like i i still wouldn't part with any of those movies either yeah, I'm I'm very confident in my hundred. Um, I, I I did have to cheat one time because I did forget to put one film in, and I yeah. thought instead of doing it all over again, oh, yeah, don't I would you dare. just yeah. <laughs> I I looked through the whole hundred and then I kicked one out and put it in where I thought it belonged. So, so ninety nine of these movies were determined by pub meeple. One <laughs> was my own. Yeah. My own weird whatever, but I'll, and I'll, if we if we hit it today, I'll let you know if it was the one. Right. But okay. So for the show here, folks, we're not going to try to. We're going to get this done in an hour, uh, and we're not going to try to like present you 100 movies back and forth. You know, what was your 100? What was your 99? We're going to actually <laughs> going to take a big fucking wheel and spin them and just share what number it lands on, and maybe chit chat about the movie itself, whether we like it, don't like it, whether we whether we call it a favorite or best or something like that. And by the time we get to the end, we'll probably still reveal maybe some top tens of what our what our 
you know, truly huge, you know, landmark films are. And then, of course, these lists are going to be available to you folks after the show on Letterboxd. I haven't put mine on there yet. I was trying to be real sneaky and mm. private about it, but I know Will's is out there, so you can see his now. Yeah, I wanted I wanted our friends to comment, and and I want them to be anticipating, like, oh my god, when they talk about this or yeah. whatever. But see, I don't I, think we're going to. I'm gonna, trying to sell a show, so I'm like, I'm well, not showing you shit till after the show. So yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to have too many on here that we're going to think like. Oh, that's a piece of oh, shit. How could this be in your top hundred? I, I don't know. I'll surprise you. I doubt it. I, we'll, we'll see. We shall see. So right. I'm going to go ahead and spin uh, the wheel mm-hmm. first. It's a wheel of names. If, if any teachers out there, we, I'm sure you're very familiar oh, yeah. with it. So I'm going to spin, and whatever number we get, we're going to find that on our list, and we're going to have a little mini cinephile yep. hissy fit or not. Depending. Right. So, all right. First spin, and I'll remove the number once it gets Yes, that that'll help. Our first number of the day is 35 okay 35 so meet me first or you you go ahead you go ahead uh mine is star wars return of the jedi nice very nice very and nice i, I love that is one. oh yeah and it is the third of the just because we'll land on the number at some point all three original trilogy movies are in my top 35 this is the lowest of the three and it's those three mm-hmm. are the only star wars movies in my top 100 period I only have one, and it's very close to 35, but I only have one of the okay. original trilogy in there. But uh, All right. uh, my, 35, 35? my 35 is one of the rare movie experiences, even in the age of the internet, where I was in college, and uh, somebody said, hey, let's go watch this movie. And I had no idea what it was. All I had was the title. I didn't know who was in it, didn't know what it was about, and it ended up being a magical experience. That was Lost in Translation, Sofia Coppola, Coppola's Lost in Translation is my number 35. See, that's one of those best movies that wouldn't be a favorite of mine where it's nowhere close to my top list. But I, right. I totally get the rever- the reverence for it. Assured. Yeah. Good one. Good one. That's good one. that's an experience one where I felt yes. like like yeah. the main character, Bill Murray, I felt like I was transported into a different yeah. world. I've got a it, I've got a couple of prestige movies like that that the tr- the experience puts it as a favorite, but it's it's definitely not that okay. one for me. So yeah, right. good. See, look well, at that. Two two yeah. great spins there. We're going down on the list because I'm going to spin them right after that. We don't have to wait for the spin. Uh, we're going down to 96 now. 96. 96. Okay. I have The Usual Suspects. Oh, I see. I hate that movie. Ah, <laughs> so, see, see, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, the, the rug pull, bad guy wins, uh, the twist. Um, I know Singer's kind of a bit of a an asshole <laughs> since then, and Kevin Spacey's a bit of an asshole since then, but I still yeah. love it. Uh, I just got it recently on uh, like Kino Lover 4K, where I was like, ooh, I'm going to get me a set. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. I was it, it dropped my jaw then, still drops my jaw now. Wow. Okay. Well, mine is, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say similar genre, crime drama, 96 for me. Uh, Uh And I can't, I can't tell if this is the, I'm pretty sure it isn't the only Denzel movie on here, but I have devil in a blue dress is my 96. Fantastic choice. I I just bought that criterion spine this year. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I saw kind of late. And this is the only, my, my one little comment on this film, because it's, it's obviously in my top hundred, so I don't have to go too much into it, but yeah, this was this was uncanny to me. But I had read the book first. I read the book Ooh, a number of years nice. ago, and the way that they filmed some of the scenes in this movie were exactly—I mean, exactly—like cool. I saw it in my head. And that was that has never happened to me before. 
where yeah. I, I mean, there's a scene in the beginning in a bar and I, that is how I saw the bar. Now, I don't know if that's a great example uh-huh. of an author describing the setting, but however he sure. wrote it, whatever went in my head went on screen also. So I thought I was kind of in a dream yeah. when I watched it the first time. So I, I've had a similar experience recently with, um, out of sight, uh, the Emily Leonard book where like, just, I know it, there's different towns and some different settings, but some of that dialogue is lifted just exactly from the novel into the movie and Soderbergh just nails it. So also a movie oh, somewhere in these numbers here. That's on my list as well. Um, ah, there all we right, go. let us, let us move to 51. 51. 51. Ooh, see, this is one of those prestige picks where you would never think it would be this far down but then when i look at all the things above it it's just stuff i love like personally versus something that is this prestigious i have saving private ryan wow that is on my list yeah uh mine is much higher uh but i figured uh, i figured and rightfully so i do love me some saving private ryan i think it's uh i showed my daughter the film the other day and i and i hadn't seen it in probably 15 years or something, maybe more. Sure. And just to see how, how fresh and innovative it still is, even though everyone copied, you know, the oh, style yeah, totally. of it uh-huh. afterwards is, is, is pretty incredible. It just shows you how good Spielberg yeah. is. You know? Yeah. If I'm doing a best, it's way higher than 51, but as a favorite, I got the cute stuff that's above it. So sure. Okay. What's your 51? Well, cute stuff is definitely here though. It does have probably one of the most harrowing endings of all time. And an ending where even if I think about it, I want to curl into a ball. Also a Tom Hanks movie, Toy Story 3 is oh. the true the true ending to the Toy Thank Story you. movie franchise. You are dead <laughs> correct here. Thank you. Yes. But yeah. Toy Story 3, I was also very late to this. So this is a late entry in terms of where I've had it. Because uh, when Lightyear came out, I said, you know what? I, I've only seen the first Toy Story. Yeah, so yeah. I went in and I watched all of them, and uh, Toy Story Three just destroyed me emotionally. It so. did too. I I have it six numbers away at fifty six, right there with you. Yeah, nice. it's it's the it's in it's not my number one Pixar, but it's my number two Pixar. I'll okay. say that. All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's go to eighty two. Eighty two. Uh, here I'm a '90s kid, and uh, my mom is a Robert Redford uh, heartthrob stan. So mm. I had this movie on VHS uh, over and over again, where I was probably too young to watch it. It's not that it's scandalous or anything, but I realized as a heist movie, it's way over my head. But it's one of those like you remember your mom, you remember your family, you remember watching it on just on the couch. It's Sneakers. Oh, sneak! I, was, I thought you were going to say the sting at first, and I was like, "No, oh. no, that's uh, way too prestige." No, I, uh, David Strathairn, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, James Earl Jones at the end. It's just a nice. I, I. They don't make movies like that anymore. I, I know it was like a computer high tech thriller then, but like just the dynamics <laughs> of a fun little crew doing its own little thing. Where I, yeah, Sneakers is a is a comfort food movie to me. Amazing cast that one. Yes. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks again on my eighty two. Uh, okay, here's here's one. Um, another Spielberg also. So no surprise. Oh, I think I think, okay. I think Spielberg's on my list seven times or something like that. Um, I have not counted that. Uh, Catch me if you can is my good choice. Um, Strong choice. I I loved it when I saw it. I thought it was next to nineteen ninety three when uh, Spielberg had Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. I think that's right. 
2002 was his second best year of filmmaking ever in terms of yes. having two amazing movies come out at the same time, Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can. Um, and Catch Me If You Can is just, you know, I, that's another one where they played it for whatever reason as a Tuesday classic out here in Arizona. I took my daughter to it. We, I fell in love with it again, you know, so yeah, just absolutely great, wonderful movie. I just did um for my website every movie has a lesson. I do twenty year retrospectives to kind of like go back and redo a ten best list. This was this and Minority Report were two and three on nice. that for two for like best of twenty two thousand two. The best of two thousand two I had I think at all oh, Lord of the Rings Two Towers, which is mm. eight, number eighty three right underneath the sneakers th- where we're at right th- now. So I think that's my only Lord of the Rings film not on here, but on the top. Oh, anyway. okay. I have uh, all three. It was on the yeah. short list, but um, yeah. All right, we're going high now. We are going high. Okay. We're gonna go with number twenty. Ooh, okay. Star Wars lands again. Empire Strikes Back. Ah, very good. I have Empire on my list. Um, okay, and it's not too far away from here. Uh, I'm not okay, going to reveal okay. the numbers just in case we talk about them. But um, oh, okay. I yeah, sure. And in my and and to keep this the Spielberg trend going, baby. I got Raiders. Oh, here we go. Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my number twenty. That's I that's mean, a good pick. That's a good. Pick. Probably one of the greatest action films ever made, with probably my favorite movie star of all yeah. time. Oh, I I have I have Raiders of the Lost Ark eight behind here at twenty eight. So not far okay. behind. Well, in, yeah, not in far Williams. behind. Yeah. Nice. All right. But I don't friend. have it as my highest Indiana Jones. Oh, interesting. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. guess which one it is, but and what We've was talked your about this. Yeah, twenty was Empire Strikes Back. You said right? Empire Strikes so Back. Yeah, enough said. So, yeah. so we've got two Harrison Fords right there in the top. We do. Yeah, pretty yeah. close. Pretty close. All right, uh, we're we're not going to go too far. Um, okay. Thir- Thirteen. Oh, you're gonna hate me for this one. You're oh, gonna fucking hate me for this one. We've had oh, a hate. We've had a hater show of this. Um. Oh boy. Chicago, Chicago Meatball Backdraft is number 13. Oh my God. Oh my God. That, that's I, one you, of my. You know me, man. I adore oh. it. I, I, Chicago Kid, who's your brother? I'm Big Brother. I cry every time I watch that movie. I'm yeah. machoed up in hero worship every time I watch the movie. Uh, it's, it, again, childhood wow. stuff, man. That's 13. one of my favorite. One of my favorite. Cinephile Hissy Fit episodes we did. Yes, it is one of mine uh, too. I, yeah. I can't say now. Thirteen is also a big childhood one for me. Uh, okay, this is this is a movie where I this is one of my comfortably watched over a hundred times movies. Like if Whoa. I put a list together of movies that I've seen a uh-huh. hundred times, this is definitely on the list. And it is a seminal movie. It's probably one of the most perfect screenplays ever written. Ooh. And how it didn't win the Oscar, I don't know, but it's Back to the Future number thirteen. Great. Yeah, I that's uh, it's fifteen for me, two doors down. So oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, it, it's hey, we're pretty close. Like, no argument, no argument there. It, Stone Cold classic, uh, like you said, a screenplay that deserves to be studied in classes because of the way it layers and just it just pays off everything it could possibly pay off. It's so good. Yep, absolutely. Um, wow. All right, let's go with fifty nine. 59 all right i'm a, i'm a dad uh i'm a disney kid at heart um it's i think it's my number my second highest like classic disney animated movie i have cinderella at 59 the old wow. animated oh cinderella. so the animated cinderella okay yeah, that's yeah. really cool um yeah. i recently watched the honest trailer for that and it's hilarious if you ever <laughs> i have seen cinderella. it it's it's wonderful it's, 
Really good. Um, yeah. I, Cinderella was probably one of the first movies I've ever seen in terms of my mm-hmm. memory. I probably saw Cinderella yeah. when yeah. I was four. I mean, who knows who took me to what movies younger than that, but one of my first right. ever experiences in a the theater that I remember, I have fragments of memory, is Cinderella. So. Yeah, it's been a big That's favorite it. in this house since, and I, I I don't mind. My daughter really likes the the live action remake where I you know uh, oh, it, the Branagh. James isn't okay. bad. It's it, it's Ken Branagh. You can't go wrong. So, uh, but yeah, Gus Gus the Mouse, Cape Blanchett yeah. is Ooh. excellent in that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, the first Marvel is going to hit our list. Number fifty. Here we go. Um, I'm gonna. I want you to think of. Well, you know, I, I was going to make you guess, but don't do that. Um, I, there's too many. Captain America, the winner, the winter soldier, speaking of Robert okay. Redford, um, okay. you know, kind of a game changer for the MCU at that point, because I think at that point they decided, okay, we've got so many disparate elements. Um, we need to take different genres and commit to those genres with certain characters and mm-hmm. winter, like, even though first Avenger, which I love very much, I don't think it made the list. Uh, and I adore that film. Yeah, it is a very like like high fantasy kind of thing, and Winter Soldier was let's get down to the street level government stuff that you know is in comics, and so I think Winter Soldier mm-hmm. is one of those first for one of the first MCU films you could really take seriously because it yeah. was a thriller first, espionage thriller first, and then an action film second before it became like a comic book movie if that makes sense. So no, it totally uh, I makes think sense. A, a huge film, huge Marvel film that deserves lots of love. Great, great movie. Yeah, uh, that would be. I think that's my like. I do a I do a favorites list and a best list on Letterboxd. That's the number one best Marvel movie I've seen. My, nice. uh, but you know me, I'm over here doing favorites. Where and we've done we've actually been on a week long show doing Captain America: First Avenger, where it's uh, mm-hmm. it is number seventy two for me. Where that's and I'm going to tell you right now, it's the only Marvel movie on my list. Nice, right, it's Captain America: that. First Avenger seventy two. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, all right, let's go 46. 46. I hear Pixar strikes twice. I have um I have up. This is my highest rated Pixar Ooh. film is up at 46. That's interesting. One of the only Pixar films I don't like, actually. I know. Um, We've had that discussion when we did our I think yeah. we did our cry episode with our Chicago folks here where up came yep. up and you're like, ah, it doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. I just don't I don't buy okay. it. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's me. Well, but if you want to talk about crying, I did mention this. Yeah. I did mention my number 46 in okay. the crying episode as well, but I have Lord of the Rings, the return of the King, which mm. is Great choice. probably, for, probably for me, the last hour and a half is like just a, a, a just endless crying yeah. fit. Like I cannot stop crying. Like it's just so emotional and moving. It's just such a, a powerful, it is powerful film. So, and, we're we're close again because six floors up at number forty is Return of the King for me. Oh, very nice. Ooh, I think you're gonna like my next one for sixty-six. 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 I have Braveheart, Mel Gibson's war epic. Okay. Uh just a, a good old Hollywood adventure. Um I know again Mel Gibson kinda like the Kevin Speedsy stuff we talked about before. I know he's sure. a bit of a turd. Uh, but I the sweep of that, James Horner's score. The wonderful action, John Toll's cinematography, Braveheart, just a, a complete Hollywood epic. I'm more of a Braveheart guy than a Gladiator guy. Gladiator is like mm. at 101, just missed the list, but uh, Braveheart, <laughs> Braver right here at 66. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way I have Gladiator a couple spots ahead of 66, and I have a, another Mel Gibson film he's famous for, 
a couple spots down into the 70s. So I won't. Okay, okay. Now, but my 66 is a movie that I'm actually surprised is this low. Okay. Because I, I adore it so much. But like I said, that's part of the science, I guess, of the public. Yeah, it is. But I'm going to go with uh, Contact, Robert Zemeckis' Contact. Mm, great choice. Number six, which I thought was, for someone like me who's an atheist and also, yeah. um, but someone who does believe in, I don't believe in something. I don't believe there's a higher power, but mm-hmm. there's, there is something, there's like a missing link about how this universe, universe is formed. Mm-hmm. And for me, that movie is a great exploration of like, you know, uh, what is the universe? Like, how is it yeah. constructed? How are we, as, how do we as humans exist in it? I just think it's a really powerful, fun, yeah, fun film. So that's, that's I know. And, and for a, and for a movie to do that in a summer blockbuster spot, be a thinking man science fiction film and a heartfelt science fiction film, I really did appreciate that. Uh, I have it on my list. It's way higher than 66. So it, hopefully it'll show ah. up on another spin here. Yeah. I, right. Huge respect for that movie. All right. 17. 17. Oh, I don't know how you feel about this one. Uh, the, throwing a dart. I, I, Because you know me, I... I think I'm showing myself in this show to have more sentimental things than you, but um, it's a guy cry movie. Uh, Field of Dreams, mm. seventeen. Okay, I like Field of Dreams. Okay, I have okay. no problems with Field of Dreams. I watched that in college, so it was kind of yeah. Like I remember, I remember Field of Dreams because it came what ninety, ninety one. Yes, like something around there. Yeah, eight, so, yeah. So I was ten, and I remember it being on for sale at McDonald's. You know, when the McDonald's <laughs> had those VHS I, I had that um, view. Yep, still got it. But I finally did watch it in college, and I enjoyed it. I, I don't think it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a bad movie at all. Yeah, uh, and it, it, I'm that guy who it hits me like a ton of bricks. Like I, the clip comes up on YouTube, I cry at work. You know, it just have a catch dad <laughs> stuff. You know, oh yeah. Um, for me, this is probably the first true indie film on Ooh. my list. And actually, okay. when I saw that this was 17, I was like, no shit, really. Um, yeah. I was surprised how high this is, but this is uh, Abel Ferreira's King of New York with Christopher Walken and Lawrence Fishburne is my number 17. Wow. Like I said, I, if, I, if you asked me to pick a top 20 off the top of my head, I probably wouldn't have put this in there. Mm-hmm. But according to Pub Meeple, like I must have hit. It won some battles, huh? It won yeah. some battles. So I have it on here. I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to see this. Um, I have not. So it's getting written down here. Yeah. It is a surreal like i am a big fan of uh the new york that doesn't exist anymore like you know because i've seen your list on letterbox where you do like cd new york right yeah cd new york this is right before the giuliani slash disneyfication of like you know this is i think this was 1990 i believe and yeah it is 1990 and some of the stuff in this movie is so surreal and dreamlike but it's filmed on location, and this is not a high-budget film. It's Abel Ferreira, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, very, uh, not graphic, but mature stuff. That You know, it's, it's definitely not a family film that you should watch. Uh, but uh, I, I am struck with how dreamlike it is. It's probably one of the most Lynchian Lynch films that's not Lynch, mm. if that makes sense. Okay, okay. So, yeah, Going on that's my list. number... That's my number 17. I'm pretty sure it's always on Tubi all the time. And I think Criterion actually has it on there, too. I think you're um, right. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I didn't spin. Um, 72. 
72. Uh, Captain America First Avenger, uh, my all-time favorite uh, film. Uh, I just I love the earnestness. I'm a true blue hero kind of guy. Fuck anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. Give me the give me the good guy. You know me, I'm a mm-hmm. Superman guy, where that's gonna be up there a ways where this is mm-hmm. and we had a great week with our friends at the Marvel movie minute. So yeah, I love this movie to pieces. That's right. But um, it's my, my only Marvel. I, I think it's I think it is a film that just gets better and better. As time goes on, every time I watch it, I find something new and different that I love about it. And uh, I love yeah. being on that show where we broke it down minute by minute. That was fun. We have um, been invited <laughs> to do Avengers, so we probably need to figure that out at some point here. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Uh, I've got my, I mean, not my first Cronenberg on the list, but uh, my first Cronenberg we've talked about today. And that is, I have the the movie that Jeremy Irons should have won the Oscar for. Not Reversal of Fortune, but this one, Dead Ringers, is my Ooh. number 72. I have um, not seen it, Dead Ringers. Oh, you haven't seen Dead Ringers? Okay, oh, that's, I got to get that in there. That, that's a movie you got to see, man. That's I mean, this okay. is Jeremy Irons at the top of his game. This is David Cronenberg. Oh, he well he he plays two roles in this movie. So I remember that uh, part of the premise. Yeah, so you'll you'll get it twice. You'll get two times the Jeremy Irons. Um, no, excellent film leaves leaves you with a weird feeling in your stomach like a lot of david cronenberg but not as body horror as some of the other stuff he was releasing at that time okay so you're not gonna cool. get like video drum with like you know chest vaginas and stuff but um, <laughs> yeah you are gonna get some really weird stuff with twins that's all i'm gonna tell you all right. all right um let's go to 86 86. Oh, you're going to laugh at me. And uh, Aaron White on Feeling Film will laugh at me because he's a big Armageddon lover. Um, I think the other one's better. I'm a deep impact guy. Oh, my God. Really? I am. I I just I just feel like that one is 600 times more realistic than Armageddon. And it it just. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That helps. Um, Armageddon is infamous because not only does it does it have a criterion. But oh, gosh, um, no. but uh, the commentary on that one yes. has ben, ben Affleck probably drinking, just making fun of Michael Bay the whole time, going, "Why can't you make the astronauts drillers? It's not really uh, that hard to make an astronaut a driller, isn't it? Harder to make an oil driller an astronaut? <laughs> like it's just, uh-huh. it's ridiculous." But go ahead, sorry. <laughs> deep but no, but for for Deep Impact, um, just one of those, um, it's a Hollywood blockbuster. It's not a five star movie. It's probably, it's one of those five star for me movies where just, um, I appreciate the woman's touch. This is Mimi Leader, the ER director stepping up to big feature films. And, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed its more practical, more affecting, um, and more emotional story of, 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 of crazy science fiction that, you know, it was two years after Roland Emmerich where it just it hit the heartstrings better than most movies do that are just there for the spectacle. Yet it still has spectacle. And for me, mm-hmm. it's my mm-hmm. number one all time cinematic movie president is Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Running the, yeah. running the fucking show in Deep Impact. So, yeah. uh, Duvall's good. Uh, I remember that was when. Um... What's her name? David Duchovny. T. Leone was very hot. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. hot for popularity. This, yeah. um, and then I, I remember Elijah Wood and Lily Sobieski getting married at like 16. Yes. It's so ter- that part's that. cheesy as well, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my 86, and I, I don't think you'll, you'll know that it's, it's up there for me, but my daughter asked me the other day, she's like, why do you like that movie so much? But I just can't help it. I love it. It's another Spielberg. It's West Side Story. It's my 86. So Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. 
Let's yeah. uh, go 23. Michael Jordan's 23. 23. Um, this will be... I, I'm going to get yelled at for having this this low. I have the seminal Jurassic Park at 23. Hey, why is that bad? That's fine. That's a, that's most, a good Most solid. people... Yeah, but most people, that's a top 10, top 5 kind of thing. It's not for me, but uh, <sighs> it's... I look at the 22 things in front of it and I wouldn't trade a spot. So, Jurassic Park, I, if it makes you feel better, mine's 10 higher or 10 lower than yours. So 33. Okay. Okay. So 33. Yeah. Right. Um, what did you 23, 23, then? 23 for me should not come as any surprise. Um, Toby Hooper. And no, it's not Poltergeist because he didn't direct that. Steven Spielberg did. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Ooh. A film that even though I know like 40 to 50 years later is not a real, it was not a true story. And it's not uh-huh. a real film. It's not like a right. documentary. It is so authentic to that experience, mm. that grimy 70s humidity Texas thing that you can't help but you can understand why people thought this was a true story or this was like documentary film footage. It's it's just so grimy and real and it's just it's it influenced horror so much. And yeah, it's it's to me it's I I can't say it's the best horror film because I actually have Four horror films. I was just going to ask. Top ten. I've got four horror films in my top ten and five in my top fifteen. So I can't say that, but okay, it's definitely up there. I mean, it's it's on the stomach. This is where like you and I differ a little bit because I do. I I have a mixture of best and best Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, favorite because I kind of mix them up sometimes. Like for me, like a one that's like a favorite, but it's clearly not a best would be like a Hellraiser Bloodline, like. That's sure. a movie or like puppet master movies that I love to watch, but I know they're shitty movies. Like yeah. something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is something that I both love as a favorite and also think is a fantastic film, seminal cinema experience. Right. So. Like Anna, Anaconda's in here some in here for me. So oh, <laughs> nice. yeah, well, that's just the, that's the, that's my level of cheese. So yeah, it's in there somewhere. All right. Uh, let's roll down to 89. 89. You'll appreciate this because I know you love it. Probably also also low heat, Michael Mann. Ooh, yeah. So you definitely have it a lot lower than I got. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's one of those, like, I can't pick it up. Like, it's not a favorite. I can't pick it up and watch it all the time. But it's one of those bets that's just so damn good you can't deny it. Where it's so damn good. I could watch it readings from Patina. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) no. I get why. I I could study it every day. I don't know if I can get the time to watch it every day. But, yeah, it deserves the respect of, of this place. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, oddly enough, my daughter thought Al Pacino was hot in that movie. I still can't figure that out. But Whew, uh, yeah, I know she was just like, "Oh, he's hot." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, I'm like, I mean, this isn't like peak De Niro. Like, or, no, I'm sorry, peak not at all. Pacino. This is like middle yeah. age, and he's supposed oh, to be yeah. playing. Essentially, he's playing like a coke addict who can't sleep. That's I know. that's kind of that's kind of the subtext of Vincent Hanna is that he's a coke addict. That's how he mm-hmm. played it. Even though they don't say that in the movie, you can tell that's how he's yeah. playing it. But, anyways, I could go on and on and on and on about that movie because it is very high, very, very, very high. Let's put it that way on my I list. Believe but, um, I believe you. Yeah, uh, eighty-nine for me is the original Iron Man. Um, Good pick. No argument there. Star-making performance. Uh, I mean, I mean, reinvigorating the star, resurrecting like a phoenix. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. changed the industry. It's now in the National Library of Congress for. You know, that's right. Uh, important film, so I, it's a mixture of favorite and uh, important in my book. 
Good call. Good uh, call. We're gonna move, we're gonna move up ten spaces and go to seventy nine. Seventy nine. I have one of those. Um, I'm a classic guy. You've seen me. You see me tout enough classics my number one you already know is gonna be a stone cold old school classic uh, i have another one of those here where it just it hit me at a time where it mattered and it's one of those movies that someone put it put in front of me and said hey this one's important you need to watch it much like barb vandenberg talked about movies getting put in front of her in recent episode uh, uh i have to kill a mockingbird nice where it, yeah it just uh one of those life lesson movies that sure. practically inspires my website so it, you can't yeah i can't put it any lower than that Oh yeah, well, great, great movie. Um, this this is where the pub meeple list is where I get a little conflicted on the science of it because I have three Bond films on here. Uh huh. Now they are my three favorite Bond films. However, they're completely out of order for what I originally said were my favorite Bond films. So the one that I said oh. was my number one Bond film yeah. is actually number two on this list, and the one that I said is number two is actually number three. So go figure that one out. But so yeah. the science is a little weird on that, but 79 for me is Daniel Craig's first outing as Bond Casino Royale, which I think is a virtually perfect James Bond movie. Okay. Good so. pick. I'm trying to think where my top Bond film is. If I even have one in the top 100. Yeah. I see, one Golden of the ones- I, I see GoldenEye at 110, but maybe because yeah. that's my normal, you know, Pierce Brosnan's my James Bond, but uh, mm. yeah, that might be my highest. Yeah, wow. well, okay. my highest bond is one we just did an episode on. I don't know if it's premiered yet at the time of this, but um, mm-hmm. did an episode on it. So there you go. Ah, we uh, okay. And it's not no time to die. <laughs> um, all right, let's, <laughs> no. let's, yeah. go, let's go to fifty three. Fifty three, <laughs> romantic comedy can't resist it. Pretty Woman, Julie Roberts' star making performance, and uh, <laughs> another movie. It might you know another movie. My mom put in front of me and said, "Hey, enjoy this because uh, I'm enjoying it." So. Yeah, I, I got raised on romantic comedies, and I don't mind it one bit. Prostitution. Here's no. a here's a big, a big flat. What you're gonna echo? I have never seen Pretty Woman. Ooh, I think it's worth yeah. it just to see peak. Well, not even peak. Like just Julie Roberts emerge from the shell. Like she's so mm-hmm. just on another level of beauty, charisma. You just gotta see it. Mm-hmm. And now uh, it's a time capsule at this point for the '80s. So yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get there at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, this one you're gonna hate. So I know you're gonna hate this one Here just because of the just because of the director. Okay. Um, but uh, I have the thin red line is my number fifty three. Terrence Malick's beautiful poetry infused uh, look at the Pacific Theater. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Shut up. Watch the movie. Yeah. No, um, the, the, I, I'll tip. I'll tip my hat. Um, cinematography beautiful. Wherever they shot that for to be Guadalcanal, Canal, very, very good. Uh, I would love to see more Adrian Brody and Sean Penn and the Jim Caviezel side of that story. Where there, there's a lot there. I, I get it. Like if I if I have to rank a Malik, that's my highest one. It would never touch my top movies. But <laughs> I, I'll tip my hat. I'll tip my hat. How it many? Hold has, on. Me out here. Yeah. How many Malik movies are on your list? I'm looking. I think that's the only one. To be honest. Good. Good. You're, we can stay. We can stay friends. Pretty confident <laughs> okay, in that one. Now I can accept this, that one. Yeah. This next one's going to be really boring because I think everybody in the world, like I'm going to, when I say this number, you're going to tell me mine, and I'm going to tell you yours. Okay. Because okay. it's number one. Uh-huh. Yours, Casablanca. Yeah. And yours and is Blade mine? Runner 2049. 
That's correct. Yes. So that's yeah. our number yeah. ones. And we've talked about all those ad We've nauseum. done both shows there. Yeah. So, <laughs> we don't need to talk about number one at this point. I think I'm it's just happy obvious. that. I'm just happy the spinner landed on it. So people get it. I know we do because we haven't had a top 10 yet. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. Did we, I could have sworn we did 52 already, but uh, I guess not. So 52. You did not. 52 for me is singing in the rain. Old school classic that just charms, charms the pants off me and my kids and otherwise, but we keep our pants on. I'm sorry. Well, thank God. Uh, Yes. I I love singing (laughs) in the rain or fantastic movie. Uh, Beautiful thing to sing beautiful mm-hmm. thing to watch and i like the fact that it was a movie that at the time people know it as a classic now but it was not really that well loved at the time right um right and now it's like a all-time classic but uh, uh i also think it wasn't nominated for best picture but my number 52 was oddly enough um Ooh. mad max fury road is my 52 <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, a movie that if the Academy Awards had any balls whatsoever, they would have uh, given Best Director, yeah. at least Best Director to George Miller for this, just for the, the amazing ability to shoot 98% of it live action and mm-hmm. with stunts and with incredible camera work. It, it did win the editing, which it should have. Yeah. It's brilliant. And costume design and production design and everything it should have. But um, yeah, uh, amazing. Just in this world of CGI stuff. Like you can just throw mm-hmm. on a Mad Max Fury Road and be like, holy fuck, someone did yeah. this with a camera. That's the amazing yeah. part about it. I, I admit it was lost to me when I saw it. I think I gave it like a three out of five where it just it was just a narrative list thing where it just it went and it was amazing. But I, I got to give it another chance. I got to give it another chance. Oh, yeah, it, definitely. Definitely. Um, all right. Uh, let's go. Forty one. 41 for me is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is, again, a Chicago Homer pick, but it's just uh, probably my easily my number one 80s comedy. When people ask me, what's the best 80s? What's your favorite 80s movie? It's probably Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Well, Back to the Future, I guess, will be up there, too. Never mind. But yeah. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. Back to the Future, I mean, it is very 80s, but I think it. Yeah, it's such a classic that it transcends it a little bit. It transcends the the time period whereas i think yeah when you think of like ferris bueller that's like an 80s movie like yeah it's, it's very 80s um talking about for my 41 if you're talking about mm-hmm. films that change the industry i have pulp fiction as my 41 good pick um, good pick uh you know i like i said i recently it was always five stars for me um mm-hmm. but recently rewatching it a couple of times i, I forgot yeah. how fucking amazing that movie is. So, it is so it is 54 and my only Quentin Tarantino on here. I'm pretty sure. Nice. Um, I yeah. think I have at least one more Tarantino very high, but other than that, I figured it should surprise you, but um, no. let's go 20. We are hitting 40. We're about 40 minutes. So let's do a couple more. And then we'll, we'll look we got at the time. rest of our top 10. Yeah. Uh, we can get want. to 50 minutes on our podcast or so 45, 50 minutes yeah, yeah, on the clock. Right. So yeah, we let's got time. do 27. 27 is my highest Indiana Jones movie right above where I told you Raiders of the Lost Ark was. It is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. I knew you'd, yeah, that's that's yep. also one of my first movie experiences that I remember yeah. because I was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years old. Um, yeah. Pub Meeple yeah, had I, it back to back. 27 was Last Crusade, 28 was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, we'll keep the Harrison Ford train going because 27, 27 for me is Blade Runner. 
the original Ooh, Blade Runner. Okay. Okay. So yeah, yeah. We've talked. We've uh, had a show on that where I'm more middle on that than anything, but respect this place for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ninety, ninety, nine zero. Now, here we go. This is a, another Disney with the VHS family one for me, where it just, I was on repeat a thousand times. Uh, another parent's favorite, Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I, wow. All right. I know. I'm digging I, out the favorites I, here. I think that's one that I've definitely seen, but I cannot tell you one thing yeah. about it because I saw it 35 years ago. Oh, I know. You know but so. like my brother and I thought we could blow up pirates. Like the big, the big like battle at the end where all the booby trapped, you know, island stuff we just love. We always we always thought we could build a treehouse like that, and of course we never can. So right. This my 90 is bizarrely when I made this list, I was kind of surprised that I only have two David Lynch films on here. Ooh. One is very, very high that a lot of people, especially our friend uh, Aaron, hates. Uh, I do, too. This one, shut up. Uh, this one is uh, number 90 for <laughs> me, show. is Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, which I think okay. is, that's a film, like when Tarantino saw that at, at Cannes, he said that um, uh, David Lynch uh, has his head up his own ass. And the first time mm. I saw it was on Joe Bob Brings Monster Vision, edited for television. I had no oh. fucking clue what was going on. I thought it looked insane and nonsensical. Um, yeah. But once I was able to get the criterion and put it in and watch it, I was like, holy fuck, this is, it's loud. It's like a lot of people screaming, but mm-hmm. it's also just this twisted, weird, perverted work of art that I can't yeah. help but love. See, I've never seen the show, never seen the movie. I'd be so lost. Uh, it's, a, it's a deep dive I have to do another day. Well, yeah. The, the thing about the movie is it's a prequel to the show. So you don't really okay. necessarily have to see the show. It's one of those things where it's one of those things where you can like, you'll appreciate a lot of things that they say because of the show. Cause you know uh-huh. what's going to happen, but okay. you do not need to see the show to understand hmm. it because chronologically it is a prequel. Okay. So, okay. Um, all right, let's go to, Ooh, this is a good one. 34. 34. <laughs> Just watched it because tis the season. I watch it annually. It's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Nice. That's the nice. dad I want to be when I grow up as Clark Griswold. A fuck up I, who is still heart of gold. <laughs> I'm not a huge Chevy Chase guy. I've never really liked I, me. That's my spot reason. for him. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like Chevy Chase and Steve Martin, I just kind of miss that train. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like for me, like in the rock world, like I just was never like sure. into guns. And I get it. He, he has aged to be a legit acquired taste where like I can see why people just don't get him or don't really go for it. I, I get it. That movie makes With, me laugh my ass off every year. So yeah, pretty good one. I have a comedy as well. And this is pretty oh, high. Here we I, go. This might be, let me see. I'm just taking a quick gander. This might be yeah. the highest comedy on my list. Uh, is, my highest uh, comedy might be right above it at 33, but you go 34. 34 for me, comedy, like straight comedy. I have Wayne's World, Same. which was a uh, you have, good pick. You have Wayne's World on your at 34? Oh, wait, no. No, uh, no we, are, we will not. No, nowhere. I, it's okay. I have Office Space at 33. Oh, okay, 33. Okay, which yeah, is Wayne's probably my World, highest, highest pure comedy as well. See, to me, this is another one of those mixture of favorites and best i think totally uh, yeah i think that it it was a genre shifting comedy but also 
it's so important to my youth. I saw it when I was 10 and I could not get enough right. of it. I had it on VHS. I watched it like every day. It got me into new music because it was Penelope Spheris, who mm-hmm. you know I have come to love because of her punk documentaries. And like, so it introduced me to not only a great world of like comedy cinema, but also uh, music as well. And that's kind of, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those kind of like dazed and confused movies where the music is just as important as the movie itself. So uh, good call, man. Let's do two more spins and then we'll present some t- like tens because we've only really hit number one here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, we, so now we have number two. <laughs> so oh, okay. Uh, what's what's um, your number two? I don't know what your number, number two is. My number two is Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Nice. I did not know Where that. It, That's interesting. High, it's my highest Hitchcock. There's probably two or three maybe three or four hitchcocks on the list it's number two poster my poster in my living room it's uh the yeah it that's a that's one of those almost like casablanca a favorite and a best that is just undeniably perfect for me so i love that movie well i mean for me um near perfect now my number two we just already talked about is heat for me heat is my number two film no Um, slouch there yeah no that's that is definitely up there um all right we're gonna stay low uh, okay. We're going to go to 16. 16 is Tim Burton's Batman for me. It is the, mm. uh, it is not my highest comic book movie, but it mm. is uh, my highest Batman movie. And uh, yeah, th- like kind of like Seth Rogen in Neighbors, Michael Keaton is my Batman. So 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have another Pacino and we talked about this the other Ooh, day. And I also was a little surprised this was so high also. But when I think about it, this was such a seminal for me, seminal movie for me as a high school kid was Any Given Sunday is my number six. Ooh, good call. Yeah. I, I think it's a, a phenomenal script. I think the way it's directed is fantastic. I think it's perfectly cast. Um, mm. it, it made me want to coach. I know that sounds crazy, but. No, no, I, I get always, that. I get it. I was very motivated by how. It was one of the first times where I looked at an actor like Al Pacino and I uh-huh. really like, like at a young age, I was probably 15, 14, 15 when it came out, whatever, where I was like, holy shit. Like he's like a coach. Like, like he was acting sure. so well, like he was in that world, like where I really believed like he could coach a professional football team. So, uh, but yeah. no, I, I think that's a phenomenal movie. It's definitely my highest Oliver Stone by a mile. Is um, it your highest sports film on your list? Um, well, this is number 16, right? Sixteen, um, yeah. yeah. This is that is definitely the highest sports one, uh, and it might, it might be. Could it be the only sports one? I'm trying to think, which Ooh, would be odd I for me. Sure, yeah. Well, no, I've got, I've got a boxing movie. Yeah. Um, like I got, uh, I like we did Field of Dreams at seventeen. Uh, I have Rocky on here. I have Rocky, other I have things. Rocky. Yeah, I got other sports things on here, but I have a sports movie in my top ten, which we'll get to soon. Oh, nice! I'm looking yeah. real quick. I think that's I have. Well, okay. Well, it's kind of cheating, but I have. You know what? Three boxing movies, and two of them are Rocky movies. <laughs> so I'll just reveal that. those. Yeah. I'll reveal those now. I have Rocky Balboa at 99. Good call. Uh, so Rocky six, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I have Million Dollar Baby at 98. Great um, pick. Which That's I my, think is, yeah. Um, I don't know if you would count some of these kung fu films as sports, not eh, traditional. I mean, I have I have Rounders, a poker movie at 43. Okay. And then Rocky, got, Rock, OG Rocky at 26. I have OG Rocky. 
I have OG Rocky at 49, and I'm just scrolling through real quick. I don't yeah. see another yeah, sports probably film. Not. I have um, one of my top 10. I'll save it for a second here. Well, no, I just lied. I had any given Sunday at 60. So That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. Well, we were just talking okay. about that. Never mind. I'm losing my mind. Right. Okay, let's, let's do one more spin, and then we'll do we'll, we'll round out some top 10s, I think. Okay, you betcha. Um, Fire away. I do. This one is... 91. 91. Oh, you're going to laugh at me. And this is where I'm a romantic drama softy. I actually have this poster to my right on the wall in the basement. Uh, I'm a Nicholas Sparks guy uh, enough where like there's only two Nicholas Sparks movies I'll go for. And one tore me to pieces in, inside because of Paul Newman. And I'm a Kevin Costner guy. So message in a bottle. Oh it, my is God. Not a, wow. it is not a five-star movie. Uh, it is not a, <laughs> a, a watershed classic. But for me, in 1999, it got me. And uh, I'm a Costner guy. I'm a Paul Newman guy. And you gave me both in one movie and tears to go with it. So it, it tore me up. 91. Yeah. I've, I think I can't really make fun of it because I have one pure romance in my top hundred and it's in the top three. So, Oh, I have I so many romances. It's not funny. I, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't mock a romance. So that's all right. What's <laughs> all right, your so 91? How do, you, how do you, Oh, my 91 is the matrix. I mean, Oh, I have it's the just, Matrix at 76, not far behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't really go wrong with the Matrix. It's just no, sure it's can't. too impactful and too good. So <laughs> perfect uh-huh. storm for those, uh, for the Wachowski. I guess they would be the sisters now. That's um, right. So, yeah. Um, all, right. all right. So we did one and two. I, I, had, I had Blade Runner 2049 uh-huh. as my number one. Go, Heat is my Go ahead and read two. your 10. Go ahead right, and read so your 10. Go three, three through 10. Fire away. The remainder of my top ten, and this sh- you'll you'll hear this, and you you won't be surprised. No, um, probably won't. I have in the mood for love is number three. Good call. Uh, Hall- On my the list. original, yeah, the original Halloween number four. Okay. Uh, the original, the original Scream number five. Uh, okay. Alex Garland's Ex Machina number six. That's a high uh, spot for that one. Wow. Okay. Yep. Oh, I love. It. I can't get enough of it. I've read the screenplay like four or five times, and I have mm. one of those. Fancy smancy A24 books behind me. Ooh. On so I love it. It, it, loses, uh, it loses me at the end because all we're doing is diving for a knife on the floor. I'm like, you can do better than that. Well, whatever. That's the one spot uh, that loses me. Everything else is amazing. Uh, number seven is Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, no, number eight is Uncut Gems, which I think is one wow. of the most perfect. Yeah, well, I think it's one of the most never perfect touch crime films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Jordan Peele's Get Out. And wow. Okay. Number number ten for me, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Okay. That's number thirty for me. Um. All right. I you'll see great differences in terms of whatever it is, wholesomeness in me and and the twisted stuff in Will. Uh, number one's Casablanca. Uh, number two is Rear Window. Number three is The Wizard of Oz. Hmm. Number four is Christopher Reeve's Superman because that is my comic book nice. hero. Um, yep. Number five is Titanic. Cause I, nice. that was, that was the wheelhouse movie for me in 97 hit me when I was 18 years old. That's the phenomenon that it is. Um, everyone laughs at me for number six. Uh, I adore it to pieces is the first romance that I kind of discovered and said, wow, there's, there's something to this. And kind of like you said, kind of as a borderline atheist. I kind of want this to be real is, um, I have Patrick Swayze's ghost at number wow, six. Okay. I love right. 
Um, mm. And I want, like, as a person who just has trouble with faith in heaven, I, if, if, it, if nothing else happens, can I just be one of those? Um, number seven is E.T., the extraterrestrial. Uh, nice. Number eight is L.A. Confidential. Um, number nine is my... It's yeah. Number nine is my sports movie, Rudy. As a Midwestern Irish Catholic, okay. I have to have that there. And number right. ten, I'm a swashbuckling guy, uh, The Mask of Zorro from 1998. I love wow. it. Old effects. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Followed Mark closely Campbell. at number eleven by like two I Antonio and arrived, Desperado at number eleven. Oh wow, Desperado all the way at eleven. Okay. Well, uh, my highest Tarantino is eleven. I have once upon a time in Hollywood is my number eleven. There you go. Good pick. And then good you know pick. what? My second no, not my second. I was going to say my second Wes Craven in the top 12. I have Wes Craven's new nightmare is my uh, yeah. number 12, actually, which kind of surprised me. I actually have two Freddy Krueger films in here. I have a okay. very bizarre one. Number 69, I have A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, which yeah. no one likes that movie. I, I'm the only one. So wow. I put, I put it a, ahead of Lethal Weapon and just behind Dread. So oh, man. there you go. <laughs> What's the, um, what, do you have a Western on your list? Just to throw genres out there. I have Shane at 14. Looking. Yeah. Looking. Um, while I'm looking, I am noticing that most of mine, shockingly, because I, I, I am a horror guy, but most of mine mm-hmm. are horror and or crime. Those seem to yeah. be my prevalent okay, ones. Okay. Um, I'm looking. Let me see. Um, no, that's not a Western. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say no. I don't. I, yeah. you know, I like westerns a lot. Sure. Uh, I don't. I just don't have them on here. Um, I think I have two. I have Shane. Shane way up at 14 because it's just a life lesson movie for me. And then uh, Tombstone 62. Okay. Okay. Um, the one that I had to place myself just so yes. you know because I had to cheat on one was number 47, and that was Kevin Smith's Clerks. Okay. Um, I, I have Terminator at 2 at 47. Terminator. Okay. 2. Terminator 2 is my 67. Um, okay, okay. I actually have two Kevin Smiths on here. I've got Clerks and Chasing Amy at 61. Um, yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised with the amount of horror films on here and crime films. I'm not, knowing the way you roll. Um, you brought up In the Mood for Love. It was number 80 for me. It's one of those best more than favorites yes. where I, I recognize his brilliance, but it's not going to be a, up mm. there with the, you know, the lovey-dovey stuff that's on VHS that we all grew up on. So, cool. yeah, What was I, your number 100 at the very end? Okay. Number 100 was David Cronenberg's Eastern Promises, another crime film. For you. Oh, I have um, <laughs> I Will <yeah>. Ferrell's Elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, I'm looking through it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess, I guess I'm more of a horror person than I thought. I mean, I've got both Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacres on here. I don't have a lot of older films, and that's not to say that they're not. I have a ton of that, yeah. I just, it's just that in terms of what, since I'm doing the mixture of best and mm-hmm. favorite, I yeah. do have, I do have the, um, legendary micro budget noir film detour, which is available on mm-hmm. criterion at number 87. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think old. I do have the original Frankenstein is on here. There you go. Um, and I but, see, I see nothing but my square Midwestern wholesomeness all over this list. So. <laughs> I do yeah. have Akira Kurosawa's Stray Dog, which is my fav- one of my favorite noirs. That's on here at okay. 50. Yeah, Frankenstein is 45. Um, I do have a number of really low-budget horror films. I've got um, 
Basket Case at 29. I've got uh, Maniac at 39. I've got Carrie at 38. So I've got some mm-hmm. interesting ones in there. But uh, in terms of the one that a lot of people hate, uh, my highest David Lynch is 26 Mulholland Drive, which I love to death. Um, Future show, I'm sure of it. Well, oh, this absolutely. was fun. Man, yeah. I, people will see our list on Letterbox, And uh, this is, yeah. We'll do this again another 100 episodes from now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, let's see, one. In terms of my top 15, let's go with, we've done shows on one. We've done two live shows on these uh-huh. movies, which makes sense. In the Mood for Love, number three, and Police Story, number 14. For me, we have live shows on, but we've also done episodes on um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's it for my top 10. And we've done Casablanca. Uh, yep. we did a commentary. Um, so yeah, well, uh, that's it for us guys. I hope you enjoyed that a hundredth episode. Um, let me this up. Sorry. Okay. I want you to follow us on Twitter at cinephile fit on Facebook at cinephile hissy fit podcast and Instagram at cinephile fits. You can also follow, follow Don on TikTok at Casablanca Don. You can find both of us on letterbox. Just use our name. You can see our film reviews and ratings. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes and are charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. Thank you so much for your loyal viewership in our tussles and for connecting with us on social media. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a Ruminations Radio Network podcast sponsored by Film Obsessive and 25YL Media. If you enjoyed this show, the Ruminations Radio Network has more excellent programming with stellar hosts and spirited topics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show and others on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 100. We made it. Nice. 59 minutes, too. Not bad. Oh, made it.